Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello there, and welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I totally had this great audio pulled up that didn't play. So that's how we're starting out today. (laughs) You're just going to have my voice. My name is Felicia DeRozier. I'm your host here at Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where God's Word ignites powerful change. I am joined today by my co-host. Hi, it's Cross. Cross is my son, in case you don't know that. Uh, He is my son. He's a rock star. He's 11 years old. Normally, we are also co-hosted by my sweet, darling adult daughter, Mariah Broom, but she, unfortunately, is recovering from strep throat and would like to be able to talk for the rest of the week, so we are going to be very, very sad to be without her, but I have a special guest who um, just came on, so we didn't test her audio yet. I'm hoping that she's going to be able to come right through, and that is my friend, Rachel Otiato. Rachel, are you there? I am. Yay! That's fantastic. I was so happy to hear your voice just now because I like totally had this audio stick and it didn't play. Let me let me try it one more time and see. There it goes. All right. Well, that was how it was supposed to begin, but there it is. Okay. So, folks, before we get too into our study today, today, um, Rachel, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her, but she's got some incredible stories to share with us. We're also going to be going through Romans 1.16, so if you have your Bible handy, then break it open to Romans 1.16. If you don't have your Bible handy, break it out. It's going to be a great time. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the concept of being unashamed and uh before we do all that, I've got to play some ads. That's part of my uh, shtick here. I've got to do my stuff, right? So I'm trying to get to the place where the ads are. Hee <laughs> this is good. I'm working with the switchboard not very effectively today, Rachel, I've got to tell you honestly. Oh, okay. It's like that. It's like only it showing was, me things was, that begin with a D because I had the audacity to search something <laughs> Okay, so we've got about three minutes of ads. I'm going to go ahead and let that go. See you in just a minute. Hey, everyone. Come check out the Proof Negative radio show here on FreedomizerRadio.com, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast as we fight the New World Order and rock the health freedom world together. Outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are.
Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your governor speaking. Today's training evolution, dogfighting, taking on the corporate media. The rules of engagement are as follows. Number one, don't fire unless fired upon. But when they fire, you fire back with overwhelming force. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking asking you to tell me what's in the bill. Number two, never, ever back down from a fight. If I could complete the question, though. So you're going to give a speech or ask a question? Number three, don't accept their narrative. Wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts. It's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump up on And we're back with Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is Felicia. I want to introduce my friend to you, Rachel, um, because you haven't met Rachel before. Okay, we know all about Cross and his amazingness. Actually, we had a – did you see that we had an online profile of you and, and told our audience about you, Cross? I did not know that. Yeah, we told them all sorts of great things about you, your handsome picture from your last dance. <laughs> Pardon me. So my friend Rachel and I, we've known each other for a while. We met uh, homeschooling our kids. She's got three beautiful children. She's a loving and adoring wife. She's a super solid Christian. Um, And like I said, I've known her for years, but she's been such an encouragement to me and such a great friend to me. And I hope that you love her as much as I do. So we're really excited to have her join us. Uh, We're going to hear a little bit more about her story in the second portion. Uh, She's been doing uh, lots of Lots of craziness going on in her life, and she's got some special things going on. And we want to talk about her inspiration for that and what she's doing and how you can help. So we're going to keep Rachel around, right? I'll, I'll keep asking yes. if you don't uh, talk because I talk a lot. Okay? <laughs> no, for right now, let's get into – oh, yes. Okay, yes. Go ahead and, yes, pop in when you want to, okay? I don't leave a lot of dead air time otherwise. We're going to pop into our Bible study today, and it's going to be on Romans 1.16. The text is, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm going to tell you, there was so much to unpack there. I really had like three different sermons coming out, coming out of that one scripture. But um, I decided... We're Roman through Romans, but I don't want to be dragging through Romans. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I decided at some point we had to cut it off and just pick one. Um, for those of you, by the way, who have been uh, commenting about our audio, uh, we will be working on that. We're trying to get some equipment so that you can hear everybody a little bit better. Um, but for right now, we're going to do the best that we can with the one mic that we have, okay? So uh, 
We want to talk about God's powerful salvation, which is available to everyone who believes in the unadulterated gospel. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, what we must believe and share in order to experience God's powerful salvation. Um, So, uh, and and what's really fun about that is that this is kind of where we get our title. It actually comes from the same word. Uh, I think it's dynamus, dynamus, which is the Greek for it. Uh, It's also where you get the word for dynamite. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, so it's like explosive, powerful, huge, you know. Um, it's, actually, it's actually pronounced dinamus. Dinamus. He's always got my good pronunciation. Do you know what? I don't think anybody knows how ancient Greek was pr- pronounced. <laughs> That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> the people who spoke ancient Greek can't correct us anymore, but my son will, so that's okay. Um, and so uh, let's talk about this. I think that this scripture is almost shocking. Like when you hear about it, um, usually, let's face it, we usually skip the entire introduction of Romans, and this is usually, uh, am I wrong, guys? This is usually the first part we actually read, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, we, we skip through the whole, uh, I'm Paul, I'm writing to you about Jesus. We skip all that. Now, we, we did a study on all that this time, and I, I think that it was insightful. Yep. You learned some things? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I always found it a little bit strange how Paul comes right out and he he finds it necessary to say that he's not ashamed. Um, and the word that translated to mean ashamed actually means to be disgraced or to believe a big lie falsely. Like, why would Paul feel like he needed to say that? Well, so Paul, you remember, he's a Pharisee before he comes to Christ. So he had a lot of esteem, like people knew who he was and they thought really highly of him. Right. And so he decides to become a Christ follower and he's previously persecuting Christ followers. Like that is some humble pie to to eat. Right. Yep. I mean, can you imagine being like, I know I was persecuting you guys, but now I'm going to be one of you. That was wrong. (laughs) Like that's, that's a big deal. Right. Um, he has had to suffer a great loss of esteem. He's gone from being like the guy who's large and in charge that everybody's looking up to, to a cast off. Um, the, the guy that they all think has been duped. And so that's like a huge deal for him. He had been respected and now he's despised. Uh, and he's not even always welcomed by other Christian believers either. Right? Nope. I mean, how would you feel if you were, like, at the temple right after Saul's conversion and you hear that Saul of Tarsus is coming for a visit? Oh, yeah, but now his name's Paul. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you going to church that day? Nope. Yeah, yeah, because he was persecuting people. He was bringing them into jail. He was doing all that craziness, okay? Um, he suffered embarrassment and brutal persecution for his faith, both at the hands of Jews and Gentiles. Like, if you can imagine, his his uh, protocol when he goes into a city is first he starts preaching into the temple. This is part of what he means by first to the Jews and then also to the Greek. He starts preaching in the temple. And then they throw him out of the temple because, you know, it's heresy or whatever, right? Well, I think it is, at least. Right, right, right. So So they throw him out of the temple. And then he starts preaching in the streets. And quite often he gets thrown out of the city at that point. 
Okay. <laughs> Once he was stoned. He was, okay? And and so, like, why would they care? Well, you know, these other cultures, they worshipped other gods. You know, one time one of the um, one of the statue carvers was uh, really upset and caused a riot and, and gets him thrown out of the city because he's losing business producing idols. I did not know that. Crazy, right? Um, so, so that's that's part of it. Um, so even other Christians are preaching against him. <laughs> so what's happening is like you got to understand they they didn't have the convenience of having the Bible all put together like we did, right? And so uh, you'd have preachers come into town after Paul and tell the churches that he's established that he was cuckoo loony, and you know that maybe uh, his his focus on uh, belief in God being the only way um, was off and that you still needed to be circumcised and you needed to follow all the laws and this sort of thing. This was really the huge debate going on. Um, Rachel, can you think of any other reason why he might have been embarrassed by this, why he would feel ashamed? Cross, you got anything there? No. That cover all those bases? Mm, probably. No. I mean, probably. I think of today why some people would be ashamed of Christ, but back then I'm yeah, not. Yeah, let's, let's talk about culture. that. <laughs> that was the next so, question. I let's mean, talk about today, that. I mean, today culture is, I mean, culture has advanced in really good ways. Like we're more, you know, we're trying to be more inclusive and we're trying to, um, you know, a lot of people are uh, really questioning their religious mindsets and the ways of the law, and now there's more, a bigger focus on having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, the church is still amazing, but people are at the point where they're like, we don't, our relationship doesn't come from going to church, our, our relationship, because in the past, I mean, you have people who are at the church three, four days a week, and yet they don't know God, so it's all work-based, right? Because religion says, no right. matter how much you do, it's never enough, right? Like, even if I pray an hour a day, mm-hmm. well, why don't you pray two hours? Sister better pray three hours a day. This person prays four hours a day. This person reads five chapters a day. You only read one chapter a day. So it's really about our own relationship with God, right, and hearing from him and moving, right, and seeing where he's directing us instead of solely making everything based on work. So today I can see why someone would be ashamed because they're trying to take like Christ out of everything, right? Like, I mean, it's still in the dollar bill, but some people are trying to take it from so many different things. They don't want to say Christ because it's, it's offensive, right, to talk about that because <laughs> you're pushing your beliefs and your views down someone's throat, right, today, if you mention it. Right. There's these right. speeches where you can't even say Jesus. You can't say Jesus. Right, right. You can't even say God because someone's going to complain that it offends them. And, and and I think that nobody wants to be assumed to be a bigot, right? Yeah, I, no I, one, like I really think that no no one wants to be you know immediately thought of as oh well you don't like me because you're a Christian, you know, and and I think that broadly um, and, and it it may be us as the church is that we we've, we've done a not very good job of communicating the fact that God loves people and people are made in His image. Yes. Um, yeah, but we're, yes. we're all fallen. Yes, but, but we're all fallen and we all have, um, things that need to be fixed and that only God can be the one who fixes us. 
So I'm yes. in the same boat as you and, and everybody else. We're all in the same boat. Let's let's help scramble everybody onto the boat together so we can all get fixed, you know? Religion has said, you know, you have to live this way, right? Like you have to dress this way. You have to talk this way. You have to do this. You have to do that, right, to be a good Christian. Right. Right? So if you don't fall right. in line with that, then it's assumed that you're not a good Christian. You don't stand up to that standard. So that's why I believe a lot of people have left the church. I'm a millennial. I'm 37 years old. And a lot of people that I've mm-hmm. grown up with have left the church because they've been told right. by religion, that's not acceptable for you to do this. You can't. And then, and then when people right. question it, no, it's not acceptable for you to question that. Who are you to question me in this position of authority, right? Because pastors right. have been right. put on a pedestal. And supposedly they're the ones who know all these things, right? And um, and if we're not in line with what they believe is a certain lifestyle, then we fall short and people are tired, are kind of tired of that, right? Like, I don't believe, we were created yeah. in God's image and his likeness, and he gave us dominion and authority, right? And so does that mean that we're all supposed mm-hmm. to look alike and talk alike and dress alike? No, I don't believe that. I believe that. Right, right, no, right. That's what separates us from him is the religion it's about the relationship and god encourages us he doesn't put us down he loves us he's a good kind heavenly father but a lot of us i grew up thinking that he was this angry father who barely tolerated (laughs) me because of Jesus, right but it's a mindset shift that has to happen and that's when i believe that the church together can become this powerful force if we all understand some truths and have some upgrades in our, our our mindsets, the way we think. I believe that we all have some faulty mindsets and some uh, faulty assumptions about God. And so I'm praying that God pulls all those faulty belief systems and lies that I believe, pull them up at the roots so I can really get to know him as this good, kind, heavenly father who wants the best for me. Right. And I, and I think that what that is, is, uh, first of all, thank you for a really clear picture of what um, what does make Christians um, sometimes feel ashamed or or at least um, not necessarily want to openly share their faith. Um, and uh oh, hold on, I just want to make sure that we don't have something updating on my computer. I've had that happen before. In the middle of a show is not okay. All right, doesn't look like it's gonna go. Okay. So I think that that's a really great, clear picture as to why it is that Christians don't share today. Um, And I think that's completely accurate. I also think that that is like case in point to say that a lot of times people go, man, the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. It's not relevant today. And I want to say right here that that was absolutely like, okay, we're not getting stoned to death on the outside of the city. Okay, So, so we're not dealing with the same sort of physical persecution. But I think that um, emotionally and and mentally, like, that same fight is there. Um, I I hate to say it, but when people start talking about religion as a a negative word, I'm like, I mean, it only has a negative context if you allow it to have a negative context. Like, faith and religion, these are actually good things put together by God. We've corrupted them, as we've corrupted everything. So, um, So here we want to talk. I'm going to hop back into the Bible study. I think that... Uh, you've made a great point, and I think that really what we're what we're talking about is this is for today, folks. This is what we need to hear today. 
Um, and what Paul is really saying with his statement is that he is declaring right here and right now that he will not water down or change his full gospel message, although it may cost him dearly, and it costs him much more dearly than it costs us, really, uh, because it would be trading the power of God for religious platitudes. So just like just like you were talking about how there were different standards of how people are supposed to dress, look, and act at church, for example, um, those were not necessarily the things that were coming into play in Paul's day. What was coming into play was, um, you know, we're, we're fresh from Judaism. Uh, most of the Christians are Jewish, although not, not so in the Roman church. This is uh, predominantly a Gentile church. Um, but there's this huge pushback to make sure that all the new um, Greeks and uh, barbarians and all the people who are non-Jewish, who are coming to faith in Christ, uh, that they get circumcised and that they go through the Jewish rites um, and celebrate the way Jewish people do. And um, Paul's like, that's not part of the full gospel, you guys. And I'm not trading the gospel back. Like they're fresh from being in a faith that is incredibly works-based, that is in it really has so much to do with what you're doing. And he's like, no, no, guys, this is what God did, not what you did. Um, now, why is he so confident in his message? Like, uh, he's pretty bold out there. There's a lot of big names that are talking against him. And, uh, you know, how could he be so certain he was right? He knew he was right because he preached the gospel and watched God's hand move powerfully through healings, through miraculous work, and through changed lives. Um, he, he would go and preach and he would pray for people and they would be healed. Like, don't you think that you'd feel a little bit more confident in your message if you were going around and if somebody asked for prayer and they were getting healed right, right in front of you all the time, you know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't go around being like, I mean, I don't know if this is really what I should be preaching. Um, Paul had the experience, look, you have people who are coming behind him saying you have to be circumcised and you have to follow these Jewish rites of passage. And he's like, whatever, bruh. I prayed for these guys. They received Christ. They received the Holy Spirit. They started speaking in tongues, and they're showing the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. They don't have to do anything else. It's done. And and that's why he's so bold. He's like, I'm not going to trade the working power and miracle of God for saying that you have to go through this hoop, this hoop, this hoop, this hoop. Now, I want to qualify this by saying that I think that God really does have things that he wants us to do. Um, But I don't think that they're all necessarily conditional upon salvation. It's part of our cleansing process as we become more and more like Jesus as we grow in Christ. Um, So uh, I have a little quote here from uh, one of my professors, Dr. Steve Schell, he says that Paul was convinced that nothing less than faith in a crucified Messiah and submission to the risen Lord can forgive human sin, free people from slavery to sin, transform their, transform their lives until they become pleasing to God and resurrect their bodies, giving them complete victory over death. And that's what Paul was looking for. And basically he was unwilling to see and settle for anything less. Um, this isn't, in my notes at all, but like, I really wish as a church that we were unwilling to settle for less. Like, I, I feel like as you, (laughs) yeah, I feel like as a church, we need to be looking around and going, do we see the power of God's hand moving? And if we don't, where, where are we going wrong? Um, Because 
God but moves you know the same way the now that he used to. There's ahead. two things that I think play in that. I believe that we don't have an accurate an accurate representation of who God is. A lot of people in the church have what I call and or what I'm learning. I'm, I go to a school of kingdom, and they are teaching us. Deb Alexander is teaching us about he calls it hashtag angry God theology. A lot of us think of this angry father and a lot of us have an orphan heart and an orphan mindset. Like an orphan doesn't know who their parents are. We don't know who God is. We just think we're almost have a wrong lens. Like we think of God as this angry person who barely tolerates him instead of really understanding the true nature and heart of God and seeing him as this good and and kind and loving heavenly father who wants the best for his children. So that's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I think the biggest yeah. is identity. There's so many people in the church who are going through an identity crisis. And what do I mean by that? Yep. They don't know who they are. If they understood who they are, if you understand who you are, like that you're, you know, a child of the most high and you walk in this dominion and this power, right? Like we are like God, like God spoke things into existence when there was nothing in this world, right? And we have that same power. I mean, the Bible tells us all over that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And it's almost like we minimize that and we don't know who we are. And so we don't walk into that authority. We don't walk in that dominion. Dub says something that I love. He says, we should be the MVP in every room we go to because I, we Mm -hmm. share, I share a mind with Christ and I'm I'm one with the one who knows all things and who likes to communicate with me. So our lives would be completely right. different if we saw God in the right light and if we truly understood who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High. I I completely agree, and I think that, and I and I do think that there's a problem with our expectations too. Like if you don't expect it to happen, um, if you don't expect God to show up then you're not pressing into his presence waiting for him to show up. I think that's part of it too. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to move on just a little bit. You're saying such good stuff. Um, but I, I want to make sure we're definitely going to flow a little bit out of after commercial break in order to get through everything. But um, I want to make sure that I told you uh, those 27 minute segments are easier to fill than you think, right? Uh, <laughs> go faster than you think. So um well, I'm going to go ahead and, and talk a little bit more. We'll hit commercial break, and then we'll probably go in another five or six minutes into Bible study after commercial break. Um, so basically uh, what what he's saying here is that the power of God is on full display through salvation. It's nothing that we could do ourselves or add to. The power of man and the power of flesh is displayed in the sin of the world. Uh, sin's not bad versus good. It's about who it is who um, is in control of the situation. And I'm actually going to talk about that at length next week. So I don't want to bemoan it right now by going into it, but next week's topic is sin and um, the road home. So we'll talk about that more. I can talk a lot about sin. You can talk a lot about sin? Is that that because you're a sinner? (laughs) He's scowling at me. No, you're a good boy, aren't you? I mean, technically everybody is. Technically everybody is. I know a lot about the topic is what I mean. Okay. Gosh. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying, buddy. (laughs) So um, what is the gospel message that Paul preached? He preached that you must repent, believe, and receive. And uh, with that, this is a good breaking point before we get into it. So I'm actually going to break for commercial a couple minutes early so that we can – 
hit those points quickly and get on to talking to Rachel about all the good things that she has to share. So I'll see you guys on the other side of commercial break. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Please check out our sponsor, Save Around. Save Around coupon books have been with us for several years, and they help you save money when going out to eat, renting a car, buying flowers, and all kinds of other good stuff. The good thing is you can view the coupon books before you buy. Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.com, and click on the Save Around book that you'll see right next to our chat room. Like I said, you could preview it before you purchase, and hopefully you'll save yourself some money and help us as well. Please check it out. Paul, where is your letter of recommendation? Peter the Corinthians hearts on my letter. Paul, that is utter bull malarkey. Daniel 11:32 through 36 warned us of the one who will deceive with flatteries saying that we are free from the law. There is a freedomizer broadcast called Everlasting Covenant Study Free from Paul. It airs from noon to 3 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Mountain, and 2 to 5 Central every Saturday. Join Rachel Hodge 3 to 6 Eastern Saturdays by calling 3195276208. I will not call 3195276208, crafty fellow that I am, I should have caught her with trickery. No chance, Paul. 
Everlasting Covenant Study Free from Paul airs noon to 3 Pacific on Saturdays. All right, here we go. We're back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where God's Word ignites lasting change. Uh, this is Felicia, joined by my co-host, Cross, Shep, and by Rachel Otiato, who is my special guest today. She is amazing, and she's been adding so much. We're actually just talking about um, Paul not being ashamed of the gospel, and uh, we wanted to know a little bit about what gospel Paul is preaching, because I think that's relevant if he's going to say he's not ashamed of it, right? So um, his gospel message is that you must repent, believe, and receive. Now, that's that's kind of like my, my easy way to remember it, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Um, so let's look into what he says about repentance. Um, let's see. I should actually open my Bible. How about that? I've been reading off of notes, but right now we're going to pop into Acts 2021. I have the little notes in here, but I didn't have it actually saved. So let's pull that out real quick. Um, and and just to be clear, um, I know sometimes people are concerned about whether, you know, Paul said it or Peter said it or whatever. But um, Peter actually says basically the exact same thing in Acts 2.38. Um, but let's find where Paul says it, because I think it's important that we see that the author who's saying this has said it. There we go. Um, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So his very first step there is repentance. Now I'm, I'm bemoaning this just a little bit because I feel like this is something that we don't talk about so much in church. Um, is the whole repentance thing. Um, we talk a lot about belief, uh, but a little less about repentance is what I find anyway. Um, so let me see if I can look up where Paul reiterates, or where, where uh, Peter reiterates it. Um, here, Acts 2.38, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, um, and and there it is, all in black and white, okay? So what does repentance mean? It means, it means I need to recognize my sin and my need for God's mercy. Man, I can recognize that pretty pretty quickly. Uh, surrender control and cease rebellion. Uh, the way that uh, one of my professors talked about it is he uh, put it in context of the original sin. Um, and if you think about it, when they're talking about Adam and Eve taking the apple off the tree of knowledge and good of good and evil, what what was really at stake there was who was choosing what was right and wrong for me? Am I allowing God's will and God to choose what's right and wrong for me, or am I deciding for myself? That's really what the sin is, is rebellion against God's kingdom because I want to run my own kingdom. So uh, surrender, surrendering control really means like returning that proverbial fruit to the tree. It's saying, not my will, but your will be done. Think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. I can never really say that right. Um, we have to decide to obey his word and stop worshiping all other gods, including ourselves. And really in America, you know, we think to ourselves, well, we don't, we don't worship idols. We totally do, but the idol is us. Um, it's all about our, our selfies and uh, living our best life. And really we should be talking about God and living his best life, right? 
um, and to change my priority from self to God. That's really what re- repentance means. It means to turn the complete opposite direction of which way we've been going. And in our case, usually, uh, because we're the secular, secular humanist society, uh, it means turning from looking for ourself and our pleasure and turning towards God and his. Uh, the second step is belief. Who's God? Okay, so now again, I'm going to open up our scripture again. Hopefully I can get this. Maybe you need to help me with this, buddy. Let's see here. I've got my buddy here right now, and maybe he could help me a little. What? With finding uh, the scriptures that we need. Okay, here we go. 17. So we're looking at Acts 17, 24 through 31. All right, I got it already. Um, but you can look up Philippians 2, 5 through 11, because we'll need that next. Um, the God, sorry, I have it in my lap and I can't read in the dark. Ah. Okay. Um, God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all to mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind, and it kind of goes on. This is really talking about who do we believe God is? Do we believe that God is just some little G God that we worship, or do we really understand that he's the creator of everything, that he gives us his, his uh, life and his breath, that, that we are here because of him? Um, and if we believe that, we need to act upon that. Um, like, I feel like a lot of times people will pay lip service to God, saying that they believe in God, but when it comes down to making decisions, when it comes down to living their life, God's not their priority. Do you really believe that God is who he says he is if you don't make him your priority that way? Um, that's that's problematic to me, you know. Um, so let me give a little side story. I, I I tend to think I'm funny. Okay, I may not be, but I, I, I find myself amusing, right? <laughs> we all like that? That's a good that's a good skill. That's a good skill to be able to laugh at yourself. Sure, sure. I mean I find myself amusing. So, um I posted a couple of jokes and they were biblical jokes and almost immediately a friend of mine was critical of people who posted biblical jokes online. And um I don't know that it was directed at me. But the shoe fit. You know what I'm saying? Like the shoe fit. And I'm like, Man, I really like my sense of humor. I thought that was funny. And I had to think about it for a minute, and I was like, but you know what? I I don't want to be offensive and drive people away from the Lord, and I certainly don't want to be disrespectful of God. So I had to, like, back myself up a little bit, and I had to go, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take those posts down, and I'm actually going to apologize to her in case I offended her. Because even though I value humor, I don't value my humor over my Lord. And in that moment, I had to act like God was who I said he was, which is the God of the universe, and much more important than whether or not I could get a good laugh. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a hard concept for Americans because we fight for our freedom and our right to be able to say and do whatever we please, right? Yeah. That's, that's tough. That hurts, you know? Um, but I think that, that we need to act like God is who he says he is. Um, who is Jesus? Now, we covered this pretty thoroughly in episode two. Um, so I'm just going to tap on he is the unique begotten son 
of God incarnate as man on earth. We went through that whole thing in episode two. So if you didn't catch that, go ahead and go back to that. What did Jesus do? This is the scripture I had you look up, which was Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, I'll read it. Uh, Starting at verse 5 there. Right. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death and even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the sun. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So that's what Jesus did. Um, Jesus gave his life at the cross, as atonement for all the sin of mankind, and he was resurrected by God on the third day. Where is Jesus now? Uh, he lives today, and he's seated in the heavens with God the Father, who made him Lord over all the earth. I'm not going to look up all these scriptures right now, because... Frankly, we just don't have time, um, so I'm just going to rattle them off. Again, look at Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Uh, he just talked about that. Uh, now he intercedes for us and will return to earth as the righteous judge. Look up Romans eight thirty four and Acts seventeen thirty one for those references. Um, finally, receive. Who must I receive? I must receive the Holy Spirit. We welcome the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, we've got, uh, for scripture references there, Acts 1, 4 through 8, and Luke 24, 46 through 49. Um, God is powerful. He is a living presence and becomes united with us in spirit, according to Ephesians three fourteen through 19, uh, John fourteen fifteen through 21, and Romans 8 through 9. This is for you today. This is not just for ancient believers 2,000 years ago. Uh, the Bible says that our bodies become the temple of the Lord, and that's because the Holy Spirit, uh, which used to dwell in the Holy of Holies, has now come to dwell in our hearts and bind with our soul. Uh, this is the power that frees, comforts, heals, teaches, helps us pray, guides, convicts, encourages, and gifts us for service, and it's available to all who believe. That's what the gospel is. And that was what uh, Paul was certain that he was going to preserve, and we're very thankful to him for that. Woo! That was a lot to get through, huh? <laughs> we rolled through that, so uh, I hope you all got it. Um, I wanted to roll through it a little bit because I wanted to talk to Rachel for a little while. And uh, we might go into the question and answer just a little bit with her just to make sure that she gets a chance to talk about everything. Um, what did you think of today's study, Rachel? Great. It was, uh, it was great. I love, um, I love Romans. It is uh, one of my one favorite of my favorites. And obviously I love Paul because of his, his boldness. And, um, you mm -hmm. know, I like to think of myself as bold and I always want to be bold because, in this day and age, you know, you have to be confident. I mean, you know, so God is like, you know, my standard in everything. But so he helps me to walk in boldness because 
I mean, in this society, I feel like you can't say anything without not offending someone. So you just have to be bold in in, mm-hmm. in who God is. And, uh, you know, I just pray that right. even if someone's heart is not receptive to hear things, like if I'm speaking truth, you know, obviously if I speak something that's not according to God, that I pray that, you know, that uh, that he brings it up to me and deals with me, you know, so I don't make that mistake again. But if I do speak the truth and love to someone, even if they aren't ready to accept it at that moment in time, I pray that that seed was planted and that God gives the increase at a later time. Yeah, I agree with you completely. So let's talk a little bit about you and your story because you're getting involved in some things that I was really excited about personally and excited to hear more about personally, but you have this story that goes along with it and it's really, really beautiful. Um, can you tell me a little bit about why the pro-life movement means so much to you? Well, for number one, I'm here today because my mother said no to abortion. So my mother was Planned Parenthood's ideal candidate. She was poor. She was only 20 years old. She was broke. She wasn't aware of exactly what happens during an abortion. Uh, She had already had a prior abortion when she was 16 and didn't think much of it. So she was the ideal candidate for a repeat abortion. Mhm. Mhm. And and what and made so, her decide not to? Well, she was a Christian, um, but she didn't actively go to church. Um, and she, God wasn't that real to her. Um, she didn't have a relationship. Like she was aware that God existed, and she called out to Him. Uh, like for example, when she got hit by a car when she was riding her bicycle, she called out to God and said, "If you are real, save me." You know, that was the mm-hmm. type of believer. I mean, that was the type of person she was. Like most people, when they find themselves in a life or death situation, they're like, "God, if you are real, save me, and I will believe in you." Kind of a thing. And so, right. um, she, although she didn't have a relationship, she had already made her appointment to get an abortion. And the day of the appointment, she said that God spoke to her and told her uh, not to go and to name me Rachel. And um, I'm so appreciative that obviously she listened to God because if she didn't, I wouldn't be here today. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just I'm so grateful. Um, I, my heart just aches so much for the unborn because our society says that if a mother doesn't want her baby in the womb, that baby's life is not valuable. Now, if the Mm -hmm. mother wants her baby, everybody's, you know, giving her congratulations, you know, oh, have a gender reveal party, oh, have a baby shower, oh, have this and that, Mm -hmm. and oh, my gosh, they're talking to this. But if the woman says, oh, I don't know, I'm in school, or oh, I don't, I'm I'm not in my career where I want to be, or oh, I, I don't think I can afford this, or oh, I don't know if I want to adjust my lifestyle for a new person, then society says, it's your choice. I support you in whatever you want to do. You can always wait and have children later when your career is more stable and when you have a partner and when it's the perfect time. There is no perfect time to have a child. (laughs) There's none. That's true. You know? That's true. And, yes, yes. And, sure, we know the statistics, okay? If a woman has a child and she's very young, especially if she's a teen, the statistics show that she will probably be poor for most of her life. But you know what? The thing is, we live in America, and most of us believe in the American dream, right? Like, we have people who in yeah. this country who came with 
clothes on their back, who are may not even have a high school diploma, who are millionaires to this day, multimillionaires. I mean, they're just really bright and smart people. And it's like, just because you're born in a poverty doesn't mean you're going to live in poverty forever. And even if you grow up in poverty, you can be great. There's so many amazing celebrities today that were raised by single mothers. Like Oprah was raised by a single mother. So her mother, does that mean her mother should have born? Then we wouldn't have Oprah. I can't, Oprah is, is wonderful. Everybody loves Oprah. Um, Obama was raised by a single mother. And, you know, right, like there's right. so many celebrities and so many great people and they were raised by single mothers. So we kind of forget and that. Can I, I, can that I throw out like, there? We, we have a, we have another semi-famous person who was raised by a single mom, and that's my oldest daughter, Mariah. Um, I was remarried when she was seven years old, but for the first seven years of her life, I was going it solo. And she's an absolute gift and a treasure. I, I hope the audience thinks yeah. so, because she's usually here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I posted her profile. I think that she's uh, uh, way more popular than I am, I have to be honest. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. You were doing great. Yeah, don't worry. No, being a single mom is not easy. Like I got married at 20, and um, I got married at 20, and I had my first child. You know, at 22 years old. But then I, I didn't plan. No one plans to get married and then become a widow six years later. Right. And so my husband right. died, and. My worst fear came true that I was a single mother and it was devastatingly hard. I mean, because of life insurance and because I had a job, like I didn't have the financial stress of being a single mother uh, per se, but just the emotional stress of knowing there's no one else to help me. I do this all by myself was, was very hard. I was in school part time and I was uh, working, and it was incredibly difficult to be a single mother. And so um, I was like, God, you need to find me another spouse because this is hard. Um, I wish I would have prayed Mm -hmm. enough for more, you know, support and help because then that really would have kind of eased the burden. But, you know, God meets us where we are, and and he met me, and, you know, we came through it or whatever. So I have a compassion, such a compassion for single mothers. And I wish that, I hope, because every, I believe so many systems in this world need reformation. And I believe that the church needs reformation as well, reformation. And I hope that the church can become a safe haven. Um, I, I hope, my dream is that one day a, a, a pregnant woman can go into any church in America and just be embraced with the love of Christ mm-hmm. and be like, we are so glad you're here. What can we do to support mm-hmm. and help you? We want to come together and support you. Does, you know, does that mean we take you to prenatal appointments? Does that mean we help, you know, babysit your kid? Does that mean, you know, we pull money if you need help paying for diapers? Like we, I want us to be that for people. Like everyone in this world wants love and they want to be accepted, and they want to be loved where they are right now in this season of their life. Everybody wants that. Right. And I feel like the church has been this place where we all say, oh, the church is like a laundromat, and we come where we are. But I feel like people don't sometimes accept you where you are. People think you should be so somewhere I, else. I will say. Accept you when you go get there, you know. Right. I mean, and if you're not going to a church that's like that, there are churches out there that are like that because um, I will say I became a single mom, was actually married, and then 
uh, was in, in the midst of a divorce, and I was that single mom, and I got all sorts of support from my church, even though I was going through a divorce. Like, um, so there are places where you're going to get that support and acceptance, and, and it, it's entirely possible that the, the family that you're in right now, that church family, is not the one, but but um, there are places where there's compassion and heart for the for the woman who's going through this. And um, there's also ministries. So we're here in Vegas. Um, I'm going I'm to uh, out you there, okay, because I think that the fact that we live in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City kind of has a little bit of um, of information on this talk because we know uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, uh, which takes abortion from a federal decision to a state and local decision. But because we live in Sin City, right? Um, abortion mm-hmm. is still absolutely legal and accessible here, just like it always was. Uh, in fact, my understanding is it's written into the state constitution. So that's not really going anywhere anytime soon, at least not with a, without a lot of effort. Um, but we have some amazing ministries, and um, one of the ministries out there is called Women's Resource Center. Um, and, and if you don't mind, I'll talk about Women's Resource Center just a little bit. And then I want to talk about what you're doing in partnership with them um, that is so cool. And when I heard about it, I was like, we have to talk about this together. So uh, Women's yes. Resource Center is a uh, early detection pregnancy center. They give um, pregnancy tests and care plans. They provide free ultrasounds to mamas. So they're giving you your very first baby picture, right? They provide prenatal mm-hmm. care and counseling, and they help to connect you with people who can help you. So um, unlike if you, I mean, you can get a free uh, pregnancy test if you walk into Planned Parenthood too, but basically their their question is going to be, do you want the baby or do you not want the baby? We can help you dispose of the baby. Um, whereas at Women's Pregnancy Center, they're going to talk to you about options like adoption or how you can care for the child on your own and offer some support. Um, they have this really wonderful little thrift store that helps to finance some of their operation, but in it is this entire layout section where there is some gen- gently used um, baby clothes and baby items, um, and they offer for each woman who decides that they choose life for their child and they've decided to keep the child, they offer a free Layette gift. And um, I think they also offer a gift card to go shopping in their store to pick up what other um, hard items you might need, like if you needed a crib or a bassinet or something of that nature. Um, Of course, you know, like, you know, we we have a few children, right? So the amount of stuff that we think we need is less and less with every child, right? Um, (laughs) Yes. We we pair down with every child. So um, I'll talk a little bit more about what um, what the Women's Resource Center, Medical Center of Southern Nevada actually um, has coming up. But I want you to talk about what is it that you decided. You have this great story. You have this heart for mamas who are in this situation and for babies. And you put that plan into action. And I just want everybody to know that um, my friend Rachel is, well, she is extraordinary. She's not exactly ordinary, okay? She's an amazing uh, woman. She is uh, powerful, and she is um, she knows how to enact a plan. Um, so she's, she's gifted and amazing, but she's also 
not in ministry. She is just like me. We're we're moms, right? We're 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 doing what God's called us to do at home. But he has given you this amazing um vision to do this thing and uh you're carrying it out. So talk about what you're gonna be doing for the women's resource center. Well, I'm gonna be hosting a baby shower drive. Um, we created an Amazon list, and then they have – so when a woman chooses life at the Women's Resource Center in lieu of a baby shower, they take those, you know, laundry baskets, you know, the standard ones, and they fill them with new items. There's a long list, but it's like, you know, onesies, towels, a couple of outfits, a Bible for baby, for mom, some body wash, lotion, you know, a toy, some diapers. So they fill up this basket with brand new items, everything, and it has to be new, and they wrap it up beautifully, and they give it to the women. So the shower, the, the baby shower drive that I'm, um, that I'm throwing is for them. Everything will go towards them to assemble these uh, wonderful baskets for women. They call them baby layouts uh, for women that choose life. Um, yes. That's just so great, and I'm excited. I, I did tell you that I ended up with a day off, so I get to go to the baby shower and bring some wonderful things for your Layette. Um, I'm so excited about that. But I wondered, did you um, happen to set up anything for anyone who may want to donate or give to your baby shower? Uh, they can give in cash, and then you can purchase the things on Amazon for them. That way we're not giving out your private residence address. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, I'm on Venmo at just at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L dash Otiato. So that's O as an octopus, T as in turtle, I as an iguana, A as an apple, T as in turtle, O as an octopus. So at Venmo is at Rachel dash Otiato. And then as well, I am on PayPal. And uh, they even have a wonderful option where I can just, any donations that are given, I can just write a check and then the memo line I can write baby layette and so whenever they run short on any supplies this money will be used just for those baskets um so then on paypal I'm just at at Rachel Otiato no dash so again R-A-C-H-E-L-O-T-I-A-T-O O-T-I-A-T-O. uh it's just the woman's resource center has been around for over years they're trying their goal is to make abortion unthinkable they want there to be so many resources available that no woman has any reason to want to get an abortion. Most women get abortions because they um, they don't have the, either the support or they're afraid of, of the finances, and uh, so they want to make it unthinkable. They're trying to open a birthing center and their own adoption agency. Um, we even have a home here called Living Grace for women who need shelter. You can go in this home, and there's a house mom, and live there. You, um, they have two homes for women up into the age of 24. They take them as young as 14, I believe. And then they're trying to get a third home for women over 25 because they've had a demand for women over the age of 25. And then we also have the uh, First Choice Pregnancy Services here. They're kind of like an immediate response there. A lot of people think they're an abortion clinic because there's an abortion clinic in the same parking lot, and they come to the First Choice Pregnancy Center thinking that's the abortion clinic, and it's not. 
and they actually are one of the only ones in Las Vegas who will give you the abortion pill reversal. So when you first take the first abortion pill that um, will shed your uterus and deprive the baby of oxygen, you have 24 hours to take the reverse pill. And so they give that reverse pill, and they also oh. offer uh, ultrasounds, and they offer counseling, and they're aware of all the resources. So a lot of times they will refer the women to the Women Resource Center. So we have some great things. And if anyone has had an abortion, we are not coming from a place of judgment. God loves you. We love you. And so we have resources right. available here, too. There's one called Rachel's Vineyard, and it's offered annually. I believe it's like a two- or three-day retreat where they offer healing. And then uh, the Women's Resource Center offers a program called HEART, um, H-E-A-R-T, and it's a 13-week Bible study. And, again, it's not from a place of judgment. It's from a place of love. A lot of women have had abortions. Some women even go on to commit suicide because when women go to get abortions, they're not notified of the risk of, of depression. A lot of women, I know a woman who's extremely pro-choice, and one day she just cried out to me, and she said, I dream about my baby all the time. I, I, I know how old my baby would be to this day. I dream about my child, the child that I, I ended their life. And I I think about all the things that this child could have done and who they could have been. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, her boyfriend had cheated on her and they weren't in a good place. And she was single and she didn't make a lot of money. And so she chose to get an abortion. And uh, she still lives with that regret to this day. There's women, I've heard of women in their 50s and 60s and 70s, still having so much anguish and grief, and it affecting their quality quality of life. So God come, God wants to restore and heal. Well, so, and that's no and that was uh, Jesus's ministry here on earth was restoration. Um, absolutely. Yes, rest- so uh, so of course we're just we're just getting all keyed up, right? So it's time for another commercial break. That's how that works, right? So we're going to cut okay. the commercial break. We'll, we'll let you get out anything else you want to get out before we do some question and answer, and then we'll uh, end up talking a little bit about how people can give directly to the Women's Resource Center as well. So um, I will see you after commercial break. Hi, fellow Americans. It looks like some things have changed. Are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents? Younger parents aren't sure that an appreciation of America is the right thing to teach modern children. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. When I drive into a neighborhood and there are American flags, it's a message of white supremacy. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result in an erosion of the American spirit. We need to completely dismantle the police department. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free, and freedom is special and rare. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise. As long as we remember our first principles and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government, and with three little words, we the people. We the people are free.
should begin a great movement. There's no telling where it'll end. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, commercial, and talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. And here we are back with Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I'm your host, Felicia DeRozier, my son, co-host, Cross DeRozier, and our special guest. Go ahead and chime in. Rachel Otiato. Rachel? There we go. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Sorry, I didn't warn her that I was going to be uh, – throwing her under the bus like that. So um, Rachel was just telling us about some amazing things she's doing in partnership with the Women's Resource Center of Southern Nevada. Um, she's getting ready to throw a baby shower for um, unborn babies to help women who are in crisis pregnancy be able to adjust to a new lifestyle and God's precious gift of life. Um, is there anything else you want to share with us before we move on to questions and answers? I did. I did. Um, I'm not sure if many people are aware, but Nevada is one of the, sadly, you can get an abortion legally all nine months uh, in the state. Um, You can go to anywhere to get them, any clinic, uh, to get them up to 24 weeks. After 24 weeks, you need a doctor to sign off on it, but um, any reason is acceptable. You know, mentally, you can't handle another child. You can't afford a child. It's too stressful. You can, so then you can get um, an abortion all nine months. So actually, uh, a lot of states had trigger laws. So when Roe versus Wade was overturned, they're trying to turn Nevada into a place where any woman can come here just for an abortion. Um, there's a rumor that mm-hmm. in Reno they're building a state-of-the-art abortion clinic, and then they're going to attach a hotel so people can literally fly in, and a lot of employers will pay if abortion is illegal in their state, to come here, get the abortions, stay in a hotel overnight, and then fly 
back home. It breaks my heart. That's why we believe that the church and these uh, local pregnancy centers are the answer um, so that abortion can be unthinkable because there's so many resources, even if a woman's not feel fit to be a mother. There's so many families that want to adopt babies. It is so hard to adopt babies. Um, There's more Mm -hmm. families who want to adopt babies than there are available. And so um, it's so sad, um, you know, that this is still going on because that's the, one of the most precious gifts you can ever give someone. If you find yourself with an unplanned pregnancy and maybe you're a teenager and you feel like you don't want to, to raise this child, there's so many different adoption options now. They have complete open adoptions where you can be completely involved in your child's life. They have semi-open. They have so many options, and the power is all in the mother's hands. She gets to choose the adoptive family. And she gets to mm-hmm. choose how open if she wants to participate in her child's life, you know, and do visitations or if she just wants to. Yes, if she wants to get pictures because, you know, back in the day, ab- adoptions were always closed adoptions and there was no contact. But now most adoptions are open adoptions where the mother um, gets to still know and now the child is raised knowing, hey, I have two mothers. I have my adoptive family and I have my birth family. And that's okay, right. you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's a gift, gift. really. Yes, yes it I, is a gift. I completely how, agree. How are so, they are so precious. Um, the other thing I just wanted to add is, is abortion. I mean, abortion is just so, it's so devastating on so many levels because sometimes we don't think about the effects of abortion. Um, and I'm African American, and over 20 million African American babies have been aborted since the legalization of abortion. And in fact, mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. more African American babies are aborted than the top five causes of death for African Americans. And I'm talking about heart wow. disease, cancer, lung disease, homicide, and HIV. All of those those five top causes wow. come out to 200. 6,000 deaths a year for African-Americans, while 317,000 African-American babies are killed every year because of abortion. So Precious is, children, is, all made in God's image. Yes, and it is so sad. Um, sadly, abortion has been sold to the black church. Margaret Sanger was the one who founded Planned Parenthood, and she started mm-hmm. Project Zero back in 1939. And because she was a mm-hmm. eugenics, and so she got the black pastors and community leaders on board to support it. And so I feel like a, the abortion has been, like, sold, I believe, to the black community. Most black families are pro-choice, even if they personally feel like they would never have an abortion themselves. They believe that mm-hmm. it is a woman's choice. Right, because they're trying, they're thinking about the statistics, all the blacks that are in foster care and all the blacks who end up in prison. And the answer is not just to kill the babies, to spare them from being in foster care or to spare them from being in poverty or to spare them from being in prison. No, how about we bring reformation and the strategies from heaven to reform the foster care system, to reform the prison system? Right. Jesus is always the answer. Death is never the answer. Once death happens, there's no hope anymore, right? But as long as we're alive and breathing, right. there's always hope. Right? I mean, we serve this amazing God, you know, so I feel like we need to have more faith in his ability and what he wants to do. He wants the absolute best for us. We can bring heaven to this earth, you know, um, reform all these systems Mm -hmm. and bring the strategies of heaven here. Like, nothing is too hard for God. The things that we are so perplexed about, God has a solution for all of them. 
Yeah, and we're supposed to be in the process of bringing heaven to this earth. Remember, we're the temples of God. We're literally carrying the Holy Spirit within us. And if we can't uh, ignite change and change the hearts of of our fellow ladies, then I I don't know what can because, like, we're we're ignited with God power, right? Um, So I want to give our guests an opportunity to call in. Um, So if you would like to uh, have a word with me or with Rachel or with Cross, because we know – Cross is, is really the superstar here, right? So um, maybe you want to talk to him for a minute. He he is such a rock star, though. He's got good stuff to say. Um, guest call in is 319-527-6208. You'll push one, and you will light up on my switchboard with your little hand raised, and I will know that you want to talk to us. Again, that number is 319-527-6208. Press one to be able to talk to us. Um, And so let's take a couple minutes. We're going to hop back to where our Bible study was. We're going to talk a little bit about about the questions that we had for our Bible study here. Um, my son's giving me this book because they're always tough questions, right? They're 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 always there's they're always two pointed. Like <laughs> it it's like like it was meant for someone. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can find the one that was meant for you. Uh, we're probably not going to ask them all today, but let's start with: uh, Have you ever been tempted to soften the gospel, and why? Anyone want to take that one on? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, myself. Okay. I would say, okay. I would say, I would say no, because. Um, Sorry, hopefully you guys can't hear my dog. He's like whimpering under the bed loudly. And I no, we can't. We're good. But anyways, You're good. Okay, so I would say no. I mean, in the past, I thought that, you know, the gospel was harsh because in the past, I used to, you know, I, you know, I was taught salvation like most people were taught salvation, right? Like, oh, do you want to spend eternity in hell or do you want to go to heaven, Right. Right. all your days in heaven. So most people would say, I want to go to heaven. Like if I have to choose heaven, this place that's like beautiful and has streets lined with gold and these beautiful houses and it's like this peaceful, beautiful place with all these animals and creatures, right? Or do I want to go to this place with all this like gnashing of teeth and torment and this hot, right? I, then everybody would be like, oh, I want to go to heaven, right? But And I used to think right. that that was the good news of the gospel, but now I'm learning that's not the good news because that's using fear. And no. if you have people coming into accepting Christianity, coming in with the fear, they come in as, as an orphan. And, and it's almost like you're forcing right. them in because you're using fear. And fear should not be the motivator. Love should always be the motivator. So now I'm thinking I, when I think of gospel, I think of telling people about the, the, the prodigal son, right? Like the, the gospel is about a lost son who left. Right, and then he remembered the goodness of his father. Right, because the, the Bible tells us that the goodness yeah. of God leads men to repentance. Right, so he remembers the goodness in his house. So he leaves that lifestyle, eating with the pigs, and says, "I can just go home and be with my father because I remember how good my father is." His father sees him coming from afar, and he runs mm-hmm. and embraces them and calls his servants to throw a feast and party, and they all rejoice that he's come home. That the gospel there's no fear it's all love that's the gospel so right. i have no fear and, and that, that with people 
that is the perfect, of course, I mean, Jesus came up with it, so of course it's perfect. But that is absolutely exactly what the gospel is. It's all about the son repenting, um, believing in his father's authority to restore him, and then accepting the restoration, which was symbolic through the ring and the and the robe that's given to him as he returns, that he has been uh, restored. So, um, you know, the gospel is a story of restoration. But I'm going to be honest with myself and with my listeners even here and i'm going to say i have been tempted to soften the gospel from time to time and i think usually when i am is when i know somebody is living a lifestyle that is going to change as they become a christian you know you give up when 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 you say i'm going to make god lord of my life i'm going to put jesus in charge of my life and my decisions there's an awful lot of things that i was doing and and I was a pretty tame young adult, but there were still a lot of things that I was doing that were things that God was like, so you you need to give that up if you're going to follow me. Um, and when I know they're giving up a lot, sometimes it's really hard to say, you really have to repent. You have to turn away from your way and do things God way, God's way. It can be really tough to say. And so I think that we have a tendency to stick around the believe and receive and forget the repent. You know, and and that doesn't produce lasting change, does it? No. Nope. I mean, you know, you, you don't become a, a, a lasting change Christian. I'm going to give that number out again one more time in case someone wants to give us a call in. 319-527-6208. Please press 1 if you want to speak to us. 319-527-6208. Uh, and don't forget to press 1. Um Let's see here. Um, are you ever, this is a good question. Are you ever tempted to see yourself as a hero of your own story instead of God? Are you looking to justify sin or earning brownie points for doing good things ever? <laughs> My son's I giving me this say, look again. <laughs> I would say no. I mean, I, I always take it back to God. Like, he, I'm very much aware when I share my entire story with people, people are like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, my God, it's a miracle that, like, you're here and you're not living in this, like, state of victimhood and you're not, like, you know, in some crack house right now just coping or, right. you know, an alcoholic, you know, coping um, because, right. you know, I mean, I thank God for all the things that, like, God has provided, like, He's provided counseling and uh, different things like that, that that can help people in their journey. But God is about completely restoring us back in a state of wholeness, like restoring our yes. whole lives, like transforming us, right, from orphans into yeah. kings. And so um, God, uh, he's just so amazing, and I can do nothing in and of myself at all like it's all back to him and it's about you know if I say and toot my own horn and 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 say I become some billionaire and I say I I I I did all these things um then then how can that help other people I mean I'm about impacting the kingdom of God advancing the kingdom of God empowering other believers encouraging other people stirring things up inside of them and uh, like passions and assignments inside of them uh, so we can change the world, transform this nation, you know. Uh, that's what people need, you know. I mean, I feel like so many things today that are issues, they're all just like coping strategies that people have because um, life is hard sometimes, you know. 
and there's so many distractions, you know, in this world. Like, it just seems like it's not one thing, it's another thing, you know. And sometimes it's hard to stay focused on Jesus. It's hard to, you know, think about in game, so to speak. Um, so we always have to, uh, you know, obviously spend our time with him and, uh, you know, be in constant communication with him and surround ourselves with people who encourage us in the things of the Lord. Because sometimes there's things we don't see in our lives, but other people see greatness in us. And they just, it's just so powerful to have other people just speak into your life and are always encouraging you. Because sometimes we all are ready to throw in the towel at one point or the other. Right, right. I, I don't know. For me, I, I think about uh, when, when people talk about, you know, um, how how they have earned their way into doing anything. I always think to myself, I saw a meme one time uh, that, that really sum, summed up my life quite well, and that was the, the most encouraging thing that I've heard all day is that God calculated out my incompetence when he came up with his plan for salvation. Um, like he really, <laughs> he really took into the account that I couldn't do any of it on my own. <laughs> and that he'd have to do all of it. He did all the heavy lifting for me. Now it's just my job on a daily basis to continue to try to be as obedient to him as possible and to live my life as if it's Christ walking. Um, and, and oftentimes I don't do a very good job of it. And fortunately, God knew that in the beginning. I, he's never shocked when I do something wrong. Uh, and he always comes alongside me and lifts me up and, and brings me from glory to glory, right? Get, getting closer and closer to that uh, representation of, of Christ that I meant to be that ambassador of Christ. Um, so this is a question, um, again, and I'm going to give that call-in number again, uh, 319-527-6208. We've got a couple more minutes. If someone calls in, press 1 to talk to us. Um, if you're listening today, how confident are you that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? Are you ready to repent and believe and receive today? And um, if you've never received the Holy Spirit, if you're not certain that you have the Holy Spirit, that's the, the seal, um, you know, uh, it was called the blessed assurance that you know that the Lord is with you. And if you don't have that, uh, please feel free to reach out to me at Dynamic Word Bible Studies on Facebook. Um, I'm sorry I don't have very many uh, resources open and available yet, but you can reach out to me there. If you message me there, I will absolutely connect with you and see what we can do to help you through that. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left, so uh, let's kind of reiterate things that can be done. I want to talk a little bit about Women's Resource Center. They have this thing called the Race for Life. It's coming up October 22nd. You can be involved. You can go up to um, the Women's Resource Center of Southern Nevada. Uh, you can sign up a team. You can fundraise for that to bring awareness uh, to the issue. I want to also talk about the Save a Life Club that Women's Resource Center has uh, set up um, because there's always a possibility that uh, you've listened to this on podcast and Rachel's um, baby shower has already passed. It's happening early in October. So if it's after October and you're listening to this, uh, after October 2022, uh, go ahead and go to the SaveAlifeClub.com. That's SaveAlifeClub.com, and you can uh, get into a donation relationship with the Women's Resource Center, partner with them, so that we can change hearts and change lives and save lives of babies. Now, one more time, Rachel, how can we donate to be a part of your baby shower that's going on now? 
Okay, well, they can send it. Um, I mean, the Women's Resource Center has a website, too, so if you want to, that just go, that goes directly to their organization. So if it's passed, it's going to be uh, the Baby Sour Drive is going to be on October 8th. Um, so that's coming up very okay. shortly, in about two, two and a half weeks. Um, so if it's after that date, you can go directly to the Women's Resource uh, Center website. Um, but for now, I, I have PayPal and I have Venmo on PayPal. Again, it's just my first and last name, Rachel Otiato. And then on Venmo, it's just Rachel Dash Otiato. And that's R A C H E L O O T I A T O. Exciting stuff. And my family, actually, we're going to be uh, doing the race for life. So if you want to. Uh, hang out with us, meet up with us there. We will be there. Um, it's October 22nd. I want to say it's at some, like, ridiculously early hour for us. I want to say it starts at 8 or something like that. We're homeschoolers. We uh, we have to wake up early for this show at 9, okay, y'all? Um, <laughs> so we can sound kind of awake. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. Um, but, yeah, so um, if you want to meet up with us there, we will be at the Race for Life. Uh, that's another way to benefit the Women's Resource Center. Uh, Rachel, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Like, really, you had so much insight on the Bible study and um, brought so much to the table, speaking about a very, very important issue. And, of course, um, we know the best way to change lives is to change hearts. Um, we can do lots of stuff with legislation, but the fact of the matter is if we change hearts, um, the, the legislation is almost not necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's uh, help yeah. ladies to know that there are options available, there are choices for them, and that choosing life uh, is not only a good thing, but it's um, an amazing opportunity for them, um, so that they don't see their their pregnancy, even if it's a crisis pregnancy, as um, something terrible, but as an opportunity to bring life to a new person made in God's image. Um, let's protect all of our babies in our communities and let's uh, raise them all up to, to know the Lord. We love that. And it's amazing. And um, I've heard so many people on so many occasions say, you know, you guys are pro-life, but you're not really pro-life. You're just pro-baby. And then once the baby's born, you don't care. And I love the fact that you um, are stepping out and doing the things that are necessary to help people transition into that time and help them to be able to really make having a, a new baby in their life, um, not just a possibility, but something that is manageable for them that they can do. Um, I'm so thankful to be your friend, and I'm so thankful to be a part of this opportunity as well. So um, I, I really want to say, like, it's really awesome when you get to see people who are, um, you know, not necessarily ministers, not necessarily pastors, but they're stepping out and doing the things that God called them to do unimpeded, that's what you're doing, and it's an inspiration to, I hope, our listeners, but certainly to myself and I think to you too, right, son? Yep. Yep. She's a rock star, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> He's kind of quiet today. He's usually got a whole lot to say. It's <laughs> not a topic I know a lot about. No. No, you're going to talk more about sin next week? Oh, yeah. I can I can blab all, on and on about that. Well, that's fantastic. You'll be blabbing on and on with me. So uh, next week, of course, we're going to promo uh, – Next week we'll be talking about sin and the road home. Um, if you are familiar with Romans at all, it should be a pop-in conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about how we descend into sin, um, who's responsible for it, uh, and how we find our way back home. 
really, really hot topic. So I hope you guys can join us next week. Um, Rachel, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we go? We've got about two minutes. Uh, I mean, just God is all about life. I mean, think about it. I mean, he created the world, right, in six days, and man was created on the sixth day, right? And, I mean, he breathed into life into Adam, and then he created Eve, and he told them to be fruitful and to multiply. And the Bible just talks on and on about how the fruit of the womb is a blessing and how our children are an inheritance and how if we want to enter the kingdom of God, we have to be like children. So children are just so precious. They are our future. They are gifts. And so I think my goal, I want the world to to value life. I want to create a culture of life where we the, the family is center. The family is so important. That is the first institution God created before he even created the church. He created the family. You know, fathers bring stability. Right. They bring identity. And mothers nurture, right? And they pour their love and affection to their children. And, you know, when a child grows up knowing who they are, because most families, they, they don't speak into their children's lives, right? It's like, you know, be heard, not seen, do what you're told, don't ask too many questions, right? But when children are raised up to know who they are, to be confident and know the authority that lives in them and that the greater one inside lives inside of them, they grow up to be powerful and remarkable people who change the world and they change lives and they have such, they just leave an impact everywhere they go. So that's my goal with with my children, God has been, you know, leading me and guiding me and, and giving me all these prophetic words about raising up these warriors who are strong, who have this inner strength, not in, in a sense of violence, but just being confident and bold and knowing who they are. Because um, it's all about who you are. The mindset is, is everything. Um, so, yeah. I, I agree. So I think that's I'm wonderful. Let me... God is doing so much in this world and he's I feel like he's speaking to so many people across the world and they're all coming back to the same thing. You know, that he's I, doing I so agree. I agree. And you're such a rock star for answering the call. Just want to take a minute and pray us out real quick and uh then we'll see you on the other side of the call, okay Rachel? So uh Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for my friend Rachel for her insight, for her inspiration, for her courage to be on here. I know it takes courage to be on a radio show and to, to share your heart on um a topic that can be controversial, but you know, we thank you for her and for her commitment and dedication to do things for you. Um I thank you for my sweet son who is um the example of of the image of Christ and just such a really awesome young man for joining us and having a heart to share the gospel online. Uh, thank you for my family. And uh, I ask a special blessing on Mariah who's sick, that she'll be well and a special blessing on all of our listeners, Lord, that uh, if anything stirred in their heart, Lord, um, that they come to you with, uh, with a renewed anticipation for the things that you can do because we know that your ministry is all about reconciliation and they'd be reconciled to you today. Uh, We're thankful for this opportunity and we're blessed to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.